Hello and welcome back, or welcome for the first time to Playtime. My name is Andrew Barnett. I am a child therapist who lives and works in beautiful Asheville, North Carolina, and this is a podcast dedicated to play therapy, coming at play therapy from a child-centered perspective. And today on the podcast, I want to chat about praise. Praise is obviously something that in play therapy, it's one of our core tenets to not praise the children that we see. We don't tell them that they did a good job. We don't tell them that we like something that they did or that we think that they're particularly talented in any sort of way. We do not give children any evaluation based on ideas of good and bad or whether something is aesthetically pleasing or not or whether they're particularly good at something from our perspective. We are working on facilitating a self-concept for these children that is grounded in their own experience of themselves and of them feeling proud of the things that they do or invested in the things that they do or proud of the person that they are or proud of actions that they have done. So we will name that for children. We will let them know, hey, like I can tell that you're proud of how tall you were able to build that tower, or you're proud of really any number of things, or you look pleased about X, or you seem to be enjoying X thing, or you got this thing that you were working on, whether it's an art piece or you're building something, and you got it to look exactly the way that you want it to look, and you had a really big smile on your face when you were done with it. We name those types of things for children. And this podcast tends to bounce around a bunch between different kinds of topics, but if there was an overall theme to this podcast, it would be perhaps that it's not too intervention-heavy or nuts-and-bolts heavy in terms of specific things that you might say to children in session or at home or wherever, and that the goal here is to listen to this podcast, and ideally, after you listen to it, you have some feeling of, ooh, I understand why I would do X thing, or I feel tapped into these deeper reasons for doing different things that I want to do, whether I'm a play therapist or a parent or someone who interacts with children in a different kind of setting, and I have this deep core belief about what I'm doing now that helps me do those nuts and bolts with intention and with feeling and with hope that things will shift. So in that case, let's start talking about praise in that same way, because on its face, praise sounds good. It seems like a good thing to give someone positive attention as adults. It is often the case that when we are praising a child, we are often praising them because they are doing something that is part of our value system or is making our lives easier. And so then we praise that child for doing that thing so that they know that we like that thing and to encourage them to keep doing that thing that they're doing. So praise, in some instances, can be straight up emotional manipulation of a person. 
And that's on one end of the praise spectrum. You could say that people also praise individuals to try to help build up their self-concept, like saying to someone, oh, you're brave, or you're kind, or you did so well on this good job, like praising different individuals to try to shift their self-concept. When, like, when a child hands an adult a, a piece of artwork, invariably that adult says, oh my god, this is amazing, regardless of how they actually feel about the art. And in general, that's a little disingenuous because, you know, the pieces of art that the child has created are, are rarely as, as amazing as, um, as we can tell them that they are. <laughs> but obviously, that telling them that they are good pieces of art is done from a place of wanting that child to feel good about themselves and good about their creation and good about like whatever comes out of them when they create things the intention is good the problem with praise is that let's take the example of a child who has a work of art that they've made and is presenting that work of art to some adult in their life that child is showing that work of art often because they are already in a place of liking it. I've had times with children where they will make art, whether in session or, you know, in life, and throw away that art or hide that art or want me to close my eyes while they're making the art or maybe even never show me the thing that they made because they're not feeling particularly proud of it and they don't think it's very good and they are caught in this process of evaluating their work and so they don't want to show it which is fine I mean I can have some fear or worry for a child in those circumstances whether it's because they seem a little perfectionistic about the work that they're making or because they have created something and then their first response to that creation is to feel shame about what they made or to start some process of evaluation where they have decided that this thing they've made isn't very good. It seems like there's things in the way of them just creating and being with their creations that they get caught somewhere and aren't able to do that. So there are times when children don't even show art to begin with. For those children who do show art, they generally do so from a place of pride. They're already feeling pretty good about this thing that they made and they are presenting it for someone else to see it because they're already feeling proud of it. They are not worried at that period of time about what someone else is going to think or not think about their work necessarily. And as adults, I think a fair amount of the time, we can simply say back to that child, you wanted me to see this work that you're very proud of. Or we can name like, ah, you put this blue all up going this way and this yellow down going this way. And you put a bunch of red here in the middle, like going through the work with them, experiencing it with them, naming that they wanted to be seen. Those are all things that we can do to connect with them around this thing that they've made and praise in the moment 
does feel good. I feel good when I get praised by someone in the moment. But it starts this sticky process of evaluation where a child could then be making a work another time and then making a work because they want to get a response from the adults in their life based on this work that they've made. Because when they've made works in the past, they have gotten a a response that is full of praise. And children, like all people, like receiving praise. The child then could be creating a piece of art for the specific purpose of being praised, if that is something that they want to receive more often and that's something they feel pulled to do. Then when they're creating these pieces of art, in order for those art pieces to be praised, it can be incumbent on the adult in that situation to ideally continue that praise process where they're saying, oh my God, this is so beautiful. You are such a talented artist. I love everything that you make. And we're in a process then of a child attempting to get some sort of response from their adults in their life that validates them as a person. And that's a dangerous road to walk, um, I think, for any of us when we are in a situation. And if our validation as a person is dependent on the feelings and thoughts and opinions of the people around us, that puts us in a pretty vulnerable position. And that praise problem, which can come up, is easy to avoid in the first place, especially in that experience of art. But there are plenty of other times, I think I've just had art on my mind a lot recently, but there are plenty of other times when the praise issue comes up. And the tricky thing about praise is that whenever we praise something, we're setting up a value system and an expectation that as adults and as play therapists, we need to be very careful about. For instance, I've... uh, heard you know some therapists say and i've uh i've like watched this said by therapists to children and by adults and caregivers to children that something a child did would be say very brave or take a lot of courage or something like that and um and that's used to name that they did something which the adults in their life like or something like that like oh you went to this thing and you were scared and then you went and then that was a very brave thing to do or you were in this place you didn't want to be in this place but you had to be and that was a brave thing to do you said this thing to so and so and that was hard and so now we're giving you praise around that I think what's important for us to remember as adults is when we praise something, we do that at the exclusion of something else. If we praise someone for being strong or brave or protective in a way that that we like and name that as a quality that we like in a person, there are instances where that, where that could play out in a way that's beneficial, where that person could be in another circumstance where strength is needed, and then they are able to tap into that resource, 
hypothetically more effectively because it's been named for them by someone else that there's that's a quality of theirs and they can harness that and maybe uh, use it more effectively and more easily and be able to name what they're doing that's that's a possibility it's also possible that when we praise someone for being strong or brave or having courage that we do that to the exclusion of that person being vulnerable or naming difficulties that they're having or letting other people take the lead or being protected themselves or naming that they could also use some support in some way. If we praise an individual for being vulnerable and for sharing their feelings and for letting others into their internal world, that can feel like a good thing to do. That's a thing that I have seen other therapists do. You know, we privilege being vulnerable and being emotional over, you know, someone not being very communicative and outwardly emotional uh, all the time in mental health. That happens in child therapy all the time. I've overheard a therapist before who, you know, but I mean, I know therapists who provide incentives like rewards for children speaking about their emotions in session. Like that's praising this vulnerability. And there's, you know, there's obvious reasons for wanting to do that. Having your emotional world witnessed has value. Having self-awareness of your emotions has value. When we praise those things, that can lead to a child believing that that is the thing to do. And there are other instances, perhaps, at least for me in my life and for clients I know in their lives, when there are times when I can recognize something inside of myself and move through it. Where talking about a thing isn't actually going to help me in this situation. When I'm around people who maybe it doesn't actually make that much sense to let them know all of my internal world at this time, that there may be something I need to marinate in myself or to share it with someone who knows me better and whose advice I can trust more. But just being emotional all the time and constantly sharing what I'm feeling inside actually doesn't feel that helpful to the people around me or myself. That there also is value in being self-contained. That there's also value in being able to be a processor of your own feelings and a witness for your own experience and to be comfortable with what comes up for you regardless of whether or not you share it with somebody else. Sharing things with other people isn't always helpful. And of course it's helpful sometimes. It's helpful a lot of times. I'm a freaking therapist because I believe that it's helpful and praising that emotional vulnerability still feels dangerous. And what is at the heart of all of that is that when we praise a child or anyone for something they're doing. We do not let the person we're praising have their own evaluation of that experience, especially if that person is young and does not have the ego strength or identity or blah, blah, blah to be able to have a relationship to these things for themselves. That we can create a world where these values are passed on through our praise but those values that we might be passing on don't apply in all situations. That when we're a person at their best is not someone who is, say, 
just living by one or two or three or four standards all the time in terms of their conduct and what they do, but someone who's able to be dynamic in a variety of situations, to be vulnerable when it calls on you to be vulnerable, to lead when it calls on you to lead, to protect when it calls on when it calls on you to protect, to ask for help when you need help, to help others when you have the space to do so. That's part of being dynamic and part of experiencing your humanity in all of its ways. And at least for me, it's difficult to privilege one over another. And everyone's strengths as a unique individual and their things that they're struggling with as an individual will be different person to person. Which is why in child-centered sessions, we don't praise children ever for anything they do. Not for when they're being nice, not for when they're being patient. We don't praise them for the things they make. We don't praise them for anything, literally anything at all. Because we trust that that child is going to move towards wholeness and connection and all of those other things, a level of autonomy, a level of developing their own self-concept independently of us. And they can do that through facilitation with us. They can do that knowing that we accept them as a person regardless of how they show up inside of our sessions. And praising them leads to a dynamic when where we could not be accepting of all of them inside of the session. Perhaps we're only accepting of them when they're doing the things that we praise. And then a child could get it in their head that, ah, if I do X, Y, and Z things, and then I continue to get these praise around these things, that means this person likes me. And then they are geared towards whether or not we like them. And that should not be how they're geared towards their time with us because that's not very healing for them if they have this relationship with us where they believe that whether or not we like them is dependent on them being a certain kind of way. I think where this issue troubles me the most is with socialized males and male children that I see more commonly referred to as boys <laughs> in session in play therapy sessions. And hopefully we're moving away from some of the stereotypical gendered values that boys get praised for the ones off the top of my head would be strength and courage and protectiveness and autonomy and all of those sort of typical male things saying like he's the little man of the house or he's so protective with his little sister or he's tough you know whatever those things are that males typically get praised for and in that sense they are being praised for being their own individual entities in the world they are praised for being people who aren't weepy or sad or in distress or in need of any sort of help or support they're tough they're men they're you know whatever and I had a feeling I might bring up males on this podcast, and I won't go too far into it because I want to use it for a different episode. But I was actually doing a little bit of research for thinking about doing a podcast on boys and was wondering, like, gosh, how much of the prison population is made up of men? Like, I, and I hope I end up saying this in a way that's, that's respectful, but say, like, there is a 
and I don't have the numbers for this, but a disproportionate percent of the prison population in the United States is African American. And that is a discrepancy that is not acceptable, that is the result of racism, that is the result of white privilege, that is the result of socioeconomic conditions, that's a result of so many things that are unacceptable. And are a, those things are indicators, or they're just one statistic to group on to many that yes, indeed, there is a prison industrial complex, or yes, indeed, there is racism, or like, ah, we have a problem with American society when it comes to race, and that is one of the numbers that we can look at to say, like, this number, it, it's just, it's real, and it's something that needs to be addressed. And we can say that based on the prison statistics, among many, many other things, but that's one thing that we can point to. What's also true, and this was based on a um, quick Google search, so grain of salt, but 93% of the U.S. prison population is male. And that's alarming to me. I mean, perhaps we can say that boys will be boys and that there is something inherently inside of the male or socialized male individuals who are more prone to doing things that would get them arrested than women we can say that that just is what it is and that that those that number sounds right we'd be like yeah yeah like like men just do more stuff that is against the law than women do but we can also see that as a crisis i mean i would imagine that and I should just have the numbers because that would maybe be more effective, but that the majority of homicides, suicides, assaults of any kind are done by males. And I guess I'm obviously then trying to take a jump here. I'm trying to say that perhaps the things that we praise men for, being strong, being protective, being autonomous, being their own entity in the world that's brave and has courage, that doesn't show other people what's going on with them, that that, that that can lead to people being at war with themselves and with society, that that praise isn't particularly helpful for those individuals, that they are then living out values that they feel like they should be living out that is to the detriment of themselves and their lives and the kind of people that they would like to be. And perhaps I shouldn't even have all that in here, and perhaps I'll edit it out, but... I say all of that to say that it feels really important for all of us to be careful about the ways in which we go about praising other people, to be careful about what values we're passing on through praise, to recognize that simply being with someone, naming the qualities that you see in them, without like this is good and this is bad and allowing a person to develop their own sense of who they are independent of our praise which can be manipulation into the kind of person that we would like for them to be and obviously there are values that we want to pass on to our children there are values 
that we think are and I, I say that as a society not in play therapy in play therapy we're not passing on really any values at all and children seem to come to having their own values in that setting and I think that can translate to outside of play therapy too that if you want your child to value patience well you could be a patient person if you want them to value things other than video games and electronics then we all need to make an effort to be on our phones less if you want them to value sharing emotions then you can share emotions and listen to their emotions when they share them and let them know that there is space in your relationship for them to share those emotions but that it's their choice obviously whether they choose to share those emotions or not if you have it as a value that sometimes we're afraid but we do things that we're afraid of because it helps us grow then you can do those things and name the reasons why you're doing those things but praise has a way of coming back to bite us children are very influential and are little sponges who are constantly sucking things up and trying to figure out how to survive in this world and how to be liked by the adults in their world unless they've given up on being liked by the adults in their world but that's a different issue and so all of that to say we just got to be careful when we praise kids because there's always another side to praise and something that we feel could be beneficial to build up in a child in the moment could end up providing for them a value system or a way of relating to the world that doesn't actually serve them in the long term in their journey towards becoming an independent person in this complicated world. And that's all I've got for this episode of Playtime. Thank you for listening. Please rate and review and subscribe and all of that good stuff. It helps the show get more reach. I've got a Patreon page for extra episodes. That's patreon.com slash playtime. BarnettChildTherapy.com has all kinds of good stuff on it. And don't hesitate to reach out. You can reach me at BarnettChildTherapy at gmail.com. That's B-A-R-N-E-T-T ChildTherapy at gmail.com. A truck just pulled up outside. It's making a lot of noise, so it's time for me to go. But yeah, see you next time.